Hi, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and I'm here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. Today, we have a special episode as we're being joined by Sabrina. Sabrina is going to join us to talk about what it's like to teach online. And some of you have already met Sabrina. She's one of our customer experience managers here at Teach for the Heart. She helps answer email and interact in the online communities. But she also teaches online in two different capacities. I'm going to let her tell you about it. But for any of you that have been thinking about teaching online, either full-time or part-time in the summer or to supplement your income, you'll definitely want to check out this episode. And even if you haven't thought about doing it for yourself, it's pretty fascinating. And I think that you'll find it very interesting. So I'm going to be joined by Sabrina here in just a minute. Before I go do that, though, I want to let you know that all of the links that we mentioned are available at teachfortheheart.com slash online. And in that post, we link to a whole bunch of different places where you can apply to teach online if you're interested. All right, enough of that. Let's go ahead and get to our conversation with Sabrina. So I'm here today with Sabrina, and she's going to talk with us a little bit about teaching online. And just so you guys know, Sabrina is one of our customer um, experience managers, and she's been she's one of the ones that if you email us here at Teach for the Heart, she'll she and Alex are doing a great job. They'll get back to you. But I'm so glad that she's here today to talk with us about what it is like to teach online. And she teaches online in two different avenues, and so I'm excited to get into that with her. Thanks for being here, Sabrina. Thanks for having me. Can you start by giving us just a little bit of background on you and kind of your teaching experience you had before you got into teaching online? Sure. So I started teaching right after college. I was an untraditional teacher, um, meaning I went through like a teaching fellowship and I got my master's over the weekend and at night while I taught. So I was thrown in and it was a crazy experience and I taught in a brick and mortar classroom for five years. Uh, They were all inner city classrooms and then this year, it's my sixth year teaching and I'm teaching full-time online for an online school and then also part-time English in China, which is online as well. And I'm recently married and... I write. Also, I started a blog recently. Congrats. That's so exciting. So tell us a little bit about what is it actually like to teach online? So uh, I'll talk about the full-time teaching first. It's almost exactly like a brick-and-mortar classroom where you you have a specific subject and you're teaching from standards, you're required to submit lesson plans, And you get observed and evaluated, but it's all done virtually. So students come into your classroom, not by physically walking through, but by logging into whatever your school software is. And it's kind of like a webinar. So if you can imagine, if you've been to a webinar before, the host or the person who's presenting the material, you can see them over video, you can hear them over the mic. But you're just a participant and you can chat even uh, with other participants in the group or with the teacher or the presenter. And so that's how it operates for me. I have certain lesson times that I need to be online. It's kind of like an appointment. 
and my students log on and um, I control their privileges so I can give them chat privileges, I can give them mic and video privileges, um, I can give them sharing privileges where they can share their screen with me or with the class. I can split up the class into different groups so that there are more than there's more than one classroom, which works really well if we have multiple teachers or a co-teaching situation or we have special education students with us that work separately at some moments. Um, kind of like a push-in situation in a brick and mortar. So it's really similar, but the big difference is that the platform is all online. And usually you have more students because you don't have those physical restraints. So I have about 90 students per class, which okay. sounds insane, but it's doable because of the platform. And because um, all of the assignments are completed digitally and most of them are graded by the system. So I don't spend my Saturday mornings grading paper after paper after paper. That's how, that's how I spent my Saturdays most of my teaching career. Um, and this is a lot nicer because the automated systems for grading are just so efficient. And then we have automated systems for attendance. We have automated systems for whether students are looking through their curriculum materials um, outside of class. And you still can build relationships with students. It just looks a little different. So it's over um, chat. It's over email. It's over talking on the phone. Uh, we have in-person meetups and events that we do with our school where we meet our families face-to-face. -face. Most of it is done in kind of an unconventional way. And it services students who, um, like, a traditional brick-and-mortar school is not right for them because they either, um, maybe they're a world-class swimmer and they travel way too much and they have, their practices are crazy hours and... Um, their training just doesn't allow them to go to school like other students do. Or maybe they have um, certain illnesses and they can't necessarily make it to school every single day, but working online is how they make it through. Or they're just very advanced. So their brick-and-mortar school doesn't want to pass them along because, or allow them to skip grades, I mean, because of the social aspect here, that's less of an issue for us because it's really all about the work and the social things can happen in other capacities like those meetups or we have um, assemblies where students who are the same age get together in a virtual classroom and do team building type, like getting to know you type activities. So it's, it's a lot different. And then something else that's really great is that there's just a lot less distractions. Like, I mean, it is a little different because you have to be focused on the computer as a student. But um, for me as a teacher, I'm not talking to a group and worrying about <laughs> talking over me or discipline issues. Like it is, there are no discipline issues. Like all you need to make sure is that they're paying attention and there are ways to make your lessons interactive and fun where you know if they're paying attention or not and you can do assessments to see if they're learning the same way you would in a brick and mortar. Um, and then also 
just the, the shame that comes with asking for help that some students experience, it's virtually non-existent here because they can ask me questions without other kids knowing. So they can send me a private chat and I can keep their name anonymous as I address it to the whole class because we, we teachers always know there's, if a student asks a question, there's a lot of other kids who have the same question who are just afraid to ask or didn't know how to ask it. And so there are a lot of benefits to it. And I, I've really enjoyed it so far. And the flexibility is so nice. <laughs> I feel spoiled by how flexible it is. <laughs> yeah, that sounds, it sounds just like so intriguing. So what, what I'm hearing you saying is that, you know, your schedule, you have set teaching times, but then, mm-hmm. and then obviously other times throughout the day, you're, you're, are you emailing? Are you on the phone a lot? I am on the phone a lot because I have a, I have a group of students that this is their second time taking these math classes. I teach math um, in high school. So some of the students that I have, they've taken it before and did not earn the credit for whatever reason, didn't finish or didn't pass. And so it's a little different for me because um, my group of students, generally, I have to push them mm-hmm. to complete work, to come to class. So I'm on the phone, I'd say, a lot more than the average teacher at my school. But um, phone, phone and email is probably the two places that those teachers are the most. And then just like everyone else, um, I mean, other schools, at times when you're not teaching, you're lesson planning or you're um, figuring out how to adjust your future lessons based on assessments or you're creating assessments and materials. Okay, so it really is a lot of similarities to traditional classroom, but you're not, but you're doing it online in your home, in your home, right? Do you have like a home office that you work yes. out of? Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you're at home, uh, but you're not really having the discipline issues because each student's just by themselves in their home. So they're not interacting with each other. You can control when and when and how often they interact. So it sounds like you can you can let them interact at the right times and then keep them from interacting at the wrong times when they need to focus on you. Like you have a lot of control over that. And you're also not doing yes. so much grading because the system's grading most of your work, or at least in your case it is. Is that is that accurate? Yes. So it sounds like there's a lot, really a lot of benefits to this. Would you say, are there any drawbacks? Is there anything you miss about the traditional classroom? Um, yes, I think I, I miss, the, the thing I miss the most is the face-to-face interactions. I'm a really social person, and it's been an adjustment working from home because the only person I see on a regular basis is my husband, which he's great, you know, but... It's, it's not the same as seeing, you know, my colleagues every day and my students every day. And I guess I do see them, but it's just a lot different. So that's that's been a little bit of an adjustment. And then also, when you work from home, it kind of feels like you're working all the time. Mm-hmm. So building, yeah, building boundaries um, is something that we talk about a lot as a staff. And just having, even though we technically don't have start and end times, because it's all up to our schedule, making those for yourself and saying, okay, every day I'm going to start working at 11 a.m. and I'm going to, I'm going to stop everything at five or whatever it, it takes in order to finish your, your job. So that would be another job back. And then I'd say the third one is because we're virtual, everything depends on technology working. Mm-hmm. And my school, yeah, my school provides all of the technology. So they give me a phone, a computer, a printer, 
I don't use the printer a lot because I don't pass out papers, <laughs> um, actual papers. I can pass them out virtually, but um, it's good for scanning and that sort of thing. But if Wi-Fi is down in your home or, um, you know, there was a storm or, or something or there's an issue with your students and their connection, then there's really no way around that. Like, that's just something we deal with. So, like, for example, last week, our system was down for um, about four hours and the whole day was canceled. Like all of the classes were canceled and students were just encouraged to work on their assignments the next day. And that sort of thing. I mean, there are emergencies like that in a brick and mortar classroom, I guess, too, like school wide things that come up. But it's it's kind of difficult <laughs> sometimes to deal with the technology issues. <laughs> so instead of snow days, you get technology malfunction days. <laughs> Right, but, right. But you they're way more frustrating, technology. right? I know. When, when, when technology right. doesn't work, that's super frustrating. Yeah. And when everybody else gets a snow day, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really cool. Anything else you want to share about the full-time before we talk a little bit about your part-time teaching position? Um, I would just say there's a lot of different opportunities out there. Um, we have links in the article. But mine is a, is a public district that has many different um, buildings around the state. But there's a lot of there's a lot of different programs. There's one that's um, a Christian school that's completely online, and it's all around the world. There are students there from Russia and Albania and Brazil. So there's a lot of different opportunities out there. That's all I'd say. That's My cool. experience is just one. Right, right. So, And we've linked to a bunch. If you're interested in teaching online, want to find out more, we've linked to a bunch of websites at teachfortheheart.com slash online. Sabrina's written some of her thoughts, and then we have a bunch of links at the end. So let's switch gears for a second and talk a little bit about – so you do that full-time. That's your full-time job. But you also mm-hmm. teach English as a second language online, and this is part-time. And so this is something that a lot of you teachers listening might be interested in, either, you know, in a, those of you that have said, I need something to supplement my income, or, uh, you know, I, 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 or I'm taking some time off and I need something. So this is part-time, or I, I think you probably could maybe even do this. Could people teach English full-time if they had the, if they wanted to? Um, I, I don't know. I'm sure there are opportunities out there, but the ones that we link to are all part-time. Okay, great. So this is a part-time um, teaching English as a second language. So tell us a little bit about that. So this this is actually an idea I got from the person that I knew, that like a friend of a friend that taught online when I asked him more about it to figure out if I wanted to try it or not. He suggested, you know, the most lucrative, the most, like, the most opportunities out there for online teachers from America and from Canada are teaching English online. So that's when I had never even thought of that until he said it. And I started looking it up and I created a profile on highoffer.com, which we linked to and recruiters started contacting me. So I had a bunch of interviews and this was over the summer when the opportunities are even more because students are also not in school. So they, their parents enroll them in English classes more frequently during the summer. And there's a lot more hours that you can work. And 
I interviewed, and the first interview, I actually did not get the job. And I realized it was because I was not, I was kind of arrogant. Like, I thought that I knew, I'm a, I've been a teacher for five years, you know, I know how to do this. And, um, but I didn't think about the fact that most of these programs, they look for a very specific candidate. So to help you out, if you're going to um, try to uh, get a job with one of these companies, they want energy. And I mean, like, high energy, like, think about the, um, the coolest kindergarten teacher out there who just is smiles all the time, sings songs to her students, that sort of teacher is what they want. So when I kept applying and kept trying um, and kept getting recruited and interviews, I changed my attitude and my outlook. And during the practice interview, which or practice lesson, which a lot of them do as part of their interview process, I just made sure that I was the most energetic person ever. And it really helped. And I ended up getting hired. And um, even later, I had to, you know, I really had to adjust the energy in order to get good ratings because the one I work for, the, the parents rate me on my lesson. So this is how it works. I give them my availability, uh, which is dependent on time slots that they provide. So they provide a schedule and I tell them this is when I can teach. It starts at 5.30 in the morning, which is really early. <laughs> but if you think about it, I you're just waking up and going right to the computer, logging on, and you're starting to teach. I mean, you should probably wake yourself up and brush your teeth and all of that and brush your hair and stuff. But it's not like you're starting work at 5.30 and you're getting up a lot earlier to commute there. Um so it's actually not that bad, and it's only about a half an hour than I used to wake up. So that, I think, is the biggest deterrent for a lot of people because they're like, I can't wake up that early. But because of the time change, the classes do start very early in the morning um, over here in the U.S. and Canada. So it starts at 5.30. I, my lessons are half an hour long. Um, my administration assigns... Um, assigns me all the lessons and all the students. I don't have a single student more than once. So there are so many students in this program that they are just randomly put into classes with teachers. So I get a new group every time, which is pretty exciting. And I get one student or, or up to six students. So I get one, two, three, one, between one and six. And my students have been as young as three years old. And I think the oldest student I have is 11. So they need it to be fun. They need it to be just really, um, they need you to make funny faces and to give them thumbs up and um, all sorts of things like that. And it's all on their software and their software is free to download once you become hired. And um, all of the materials are through that software. So it's kind of like a webinar again with assigned times and the students log in. And, um, the lessons are completely, uh, prepared for me. So I don't have to lesson plan, which okay. is great. So let yeah. me, let me ask, jump in and ask about that because, so you're not trained as an English teacher, right? Or an English second language teacher. No, so this I don't is have not a requirement, right? No, it's not. It, all you need to do is be passionate about teaching kids, making curriculum come alive. And you need to be a native speaker. 
Okay, so you need to be a native English speaker, and mm-hmm. they provide the material that you're working with the students. So do you just log on and see, okay, this is what I'm teaching, and then I teach it? Like, Can you give us an example? Like, What would you be teaching? Yeah, so I'll give you an example from this morning. So I, I usually teach four lessons back-to-back um, every morning. So this morning, um, my first one was uh, continuous tense. So we were like the main characters were skateboarding, running, swimming, walking, and the students had to say, he is walking, he is swimming, um, and then they had to use animals, say the an- the bird is flying, and there's like 16 or 15 different slides, and I'm just clicking through, and there's directions underneath my picture that only I see, so that in case I need to reference how to play this game or lead this activity, I can reference it. But now I've been doing this for long enough that I recognize the slides and I I know what to do. Um, So for example, there'll be um, a bunch of pictures on the screen and I will drag them into order and I'll drag like six down in, in an order in the bottom of the screen. And I'll say the bird is flying and the kids will have to drag on their screen the bird is flying like a picture of a bird to the first um, spot at the bottom of the screen. And then I'll say the, the fish is swimming. So then they'll have to grab the fish and I can see if they're correct or not. So it gives me feedback. And so I can tell them if they are right or not. And then I can give them awards. Um, like we give points if they do something right or not. And the points are more to let them know that they're doing a good job. It's not really like a competition. Um, and then also I can give them stickers so I can put stickers, like I can give them bunny ears or like cat whiskers on the face. And it's kind of like Snapchat. It moves with them. Um, so that if they move like the, the whiskers, you know, move with them. So it's really cute and they love it a lot and they can only see themselves and me. They can't see the other students. And I think the reason they do that is just to protect, um, protect the students from being distracted and, uh, they can see them if they are both put up on the main screen, though, and I can move their screens so that they can interact with each other. So, like, another example of a slide, let's say I go to the next activity, it's a dialogue. So I, I pick two students, and I put them up on the slide, and I click on, you know, dialogue one, and it says, how is the weather today? And so one kid reads that from the screen, and if they have trouble, I read it for them. And, um, you know, I usually point to my mouth to say, okay, this is what I want you to say. And then I kind of cut my ear to say, okay, I'm listening, repeat what I said. And they know what it means. And um, a lot of them can, can read the words because it's, it's such a great program as then they progress. A lot of them have taken it for many years. So um, I work with different levels, but uh, it's amazing what they can do, and even, like, the really young ones, like four and five. Um, and so that's just kind of an example. And then it also has an exit ticket at the end where they have they each have an individual speaking test, so I put them on the screen. Uh, there's a question that pops up. They have to read the question, and they have to answer it in English. Um, well, the question is in English, too. <laughs> and then I give them feedback, and we do that for every student. Um Yeah, so it's really nice. It's very laid out for me, and not all programs are like that. Some of them, the the company only gives you um, the objective and then some ideas, but then they let you create the lesson, which has its pros and cons. 
Um, another way that the company I work for is a little unique is that uh, I don't make my schedule. The administration does. And other places, um, you kind of have to uh, advertise yourself and your expertise by making a video and a profile, and then students will pick you and book you for um, for lessons. So these so might be I don't, questions to ask during if if teacher during the interview process if if these things matter right. to a teacher maybe ask about this and see see how it works. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, thank you so much for sharing all this. This has been so helpful, and I've learned a lot, and I'm sure it's so informative for those that are curious and kind of trying to figure out if this would work for them. Um, what would you say to someone that's considering considering working either you know full-time or teaching English part-time? Um, do you have any advice or thoughts for them? Um, I would say just give it a try. Don't be afraid to try it. I, there's a lot of negative misconceptions, I think, out there, and my colleagues at my previous brick and mortar school kind of talked negatively about teaching online. Like it, and I, I let that get in the way of me trying for a long time. So I would say, don't, don't let other people's, um, misconceptions of teaching online get in the way of you just giving it a try. That's great advice. Thank you so much again. We really appreciate having you. And we'll have all those links and more information um, at teachfortheheart.com slash online. Thanks so much. Thank you. I'm so glad that Sabrina was able to join us, and I hope that this episode was helpful for you uh, just to let you know what's out there and some other possibilities um, that might be there for you. And if you are thinking about teaching online, whether full-time or part-time, I want to remind you to pray about it, right? Don't make a big decision like this just based on what you think would or wouldn't work. Be sure to pray about it and see where God would have you. God can use you in the traditional classroom. God can use you online. And so really pray about it and see how he leads. So speaking of prayer, let's pray together now. Thank you, Lord, for these teachers, and thank you for the technology that allows us to talk and allows us to teach literally around the world. I pray that this information will be helpful to those that have been wondering about teaching online. And Lord, if you want these teachers, um, this teacher that's listening right now, if you want them to teach online, I pray that you will open doors and make it clear to them. And if you don't, I pray that you'll make that clear as well. And I just pray that your timing and your plan will be accomplished in each of our lives and that will make a difference um, in the lives of our students. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. As I said, you can get the links online at teachfortheheart.com slash online. And there we link to a bunch of different um, different schools, both for full-time or for teaching English part-time overseas. You can check out those links there. Also love to have you guys, if you love this podcast, if you could do us a huge favor by leaving a review on iTunes, just share your thoughts there. And that helps more people find the show um, and it makes it more easily discoverable. Thank you guys so much for being here. It's been fun talking with you today. I look forward to speaking with you again soon. In the meantime, keep growing, keep striving. You really are making a difference.